Listeners, welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am your host for today's episode, alongside my good friend, Steve Kim. Before we get into the episode, we got to remind you, because that is our due diligence, coming up right away at the beginning of March, we got two events. We have our pre-conference event called MADE. We are going to be sitting down with some doctors who can give us some more insight to medical assistance in dying and how we can respond as Christians. Following that, we have the Apologetics Canada Conference titled Branded Rethinking Identity. We have an incredible lineup of speakers and breakout sessions. It promises to be a really amazing event. And we know that because seats are limited and they're going fast. We still got room. We want to see you there. So if you're still hearing this, that means there's still room. So head to apologeticscanada.com slash events. Look up made pre-conference as well as Apologetics Canada Conference. That's all from me. Enjoy the episode as I sit down with Steve and talk about my new project, Scribing the Wildlings, releasing this Friday, February 24th on all platforms. So without any further ado, enjoy the episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am here today with Steve. The dynamic duo is back at it again. <laughs> hello, hello. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this. Um, we actually don't do this very often, just you and me. No, it's pretty, it's pretty rare. As much as we love the rest of the team, I think Steve and I are each other's favorites. So sorry, guys. If you listen to this, <laughs> hug, hug your spouse. <laughs> but Steve, you just got back from an incredible trip. Uh, why don't you let the listeners know yeah. what you and Andy were up to on the East coast of Canada? Yeah. So this is a, this is the part of Canada that we don't often get to travel to. In fact, it was my first time going to the Maritimes. So uh, Andy and I took a trip uh, for about five, six days or so. Uh, for Andy, it was part of a bigger trip, uh, and I came home a little earlier. But I did get to travel to the Maritimes. We went to, flew into Halifax, went over to Moncton in New Brunswick, uh, nice. Andy had a couple of speaking engagements there at the local uh, Rasha Christie and Reasonable Faith chapter. Uh, shout out to Cody and the team for putting this on for us. So Andy had a chance to address the student leaders there one night and the following night. Oh, uh, he spoke on, is there evidence for the image of God? That was... Yeah, I know. Heavy topic, that's a, that's right? A doozy. <laughs> Bringing on the heat. Um, yeah. So with the students, uh, Thursday night and then Friday night, he had a public lecture, identity crisis. What does it mean to be human? And you know, I, I'm from sort of the Vancouver area, and now I live in the Edmonton area. So I've always had this kind of you know really humid weather on the one hand and really cold weather on the other hand. But it was the first time for me to actually experience both at the same time. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So Maritimes, man, the cold is something else. Um, mm. And I suspect Toronto is probably similar because it's just humid and there, minus five there feels like maybe like minus 15 here. Really? Just because the... Yeah, as you like brush up against the cold moisture kind of thing, it really cools you down real quick. Anyway, um, 
Friday, the day when Andy was supposed to have the public lecture, there was a big snowstorm in Moncton. Jeez. And uh, started with the freezing rain and then snow. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. It doesn't matter where you are. The weather is wild. Yeah. Uh, and, and Maritimes, uh, apparently they're known for the weather being unpredictable because the, the day we flew in, it was gorgeous, like plus 10. Everything was melting. Yeah sunny gorgeous and then the next day freezing rain and then snowstorm but still that public lecture was attended by some 30 40 people amazing and uh and by the way this happened at crandall university which is a christian university uh in moncton there and uh, we met with the the president of that school bruce who's very supportive of apologetics and uh yeah and so andy uh was able to have you know, this public lecture with some 40 people in attendance, Q&A, it just went great. And then the so next good. couple of days, we traveled around a little bit, went to Prince Edward Island, and then uh, drove down to Nova Scotia, where we attended a church there. Yeah, and, and so Andy from there moved on to Toronto, and he got to see Wes and his family. Yeah, I saw and that. He's meeting with some some donors and and connecting, just networking, because our desire is to really put Canada in apologetics. Canada, right? That's and right. So this year, you you know, um, as well as our listeners and viewers, that we for the first time had our conference out in Saskatchewan at Briarcrest in Carrumport, mm-hmm. and now we're going out to the Maritimes. Uh, we're reaching out to. Ontario and with Wes being there. Um, so yeah, I, I think if we can just uh, overcome the language barrier in Quebec and really reach out <laughs> yeah. there, I think we'll just, it'll be really, and of course we can't forget Manitoba. Um, at That's some right. point we That's have right. to reach out there. And even <laughs> That's my people. Yukon, Northwest <laughs> Territories, like I, we want to go everywhere in Canada. Right. So. So yeah, we had a really good taste of the East Coast this weekend. So good. That's so good. Speak oh, okay, so speaking of taste of the East Coast, did you guys did you go and have lobster? Oh, as absolutely. was requested. Thank you. Yes. Thank I, you. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to get lobster." And I was like, "Dude, I'm going to hold you to it." And and we actually did have it. Oh, yes. man. Fresh lobster or was Man, something else. Talk to me. <laughs> you gotta try it. Oh, see, I'm I'm blessed though because we being on the West Coast, I can still get you know I can still get some mm-hmm. fresh lobster. But there's just something about that East Coast lobster that I've heard is just yeah. on another level. So, shout out to the mm-hmm. East Coast for having wonderful people, uh, an incredible opportunity, and and welcoming the AC team, but also for your lobster. Not yes. mostly. I won't say mostly because that's <laughs> rude. But thank you for your lobster and and your other seafood. <laughs> yes, so good. They really like their haddock over there. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I got to get out. I got to get out there at some point. I actually have a friend in Moncton. Um, he's his family are out there. He's a recording artist as well. So I've always wanted to get out there. Just haven't yet. So. This is a little bit unusual for the AC podcast because we often speak on different cultural things that are sort of happening around us and outside of us. But we're going to, this week, we want to turn our focus a little bit inward just for this week because many of our viewers and listeners know that, 
you know, you guys know that Troy is a recording artist. Um, and you know, he's, he's just really gifted at it. And he's actually coming out with a new album. And uh, I, I don't actually even know what, I mean, I've listened to the whole playlist, but I actually don't <laughs> even know what the actual name of the album is. So Troy, right. why don't you tell us a little bit about this album? Yeah. So this album is a six song EP, EP standing for extended play, which just essentially means a smaller compact album because usually in the past things were physical so this would have been yeah. just called uh, would have been considered a smaller uh, a smaller project and it's called scribe and the wildlings you know it, it it's it's a long time coming for starters but it really mm -hmm. came out of a season that i think we were all going through it was in the middle of the pandemic all the mm -hmm. all of these songs were written at either the top of the pandemic or right in the height of it when you know i couldn't tour i couldn't uh, you know, I couldn't go and perform music really anywhere apart from the odd um, live stream concert I did twice and was just awful because it feels like you're just doing a, a overly interactive music video. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you know, you're just looking at people through a camera and saying like, hey, if you're enjoying yourself, put some emojis or something. It just really yeah. felt soulless. But um, so it was right in that season where I think for everybody, they had the opportunity to really reflect on priorities, on the things that we hold the most dear. And I know for me as, as, a, as a man, as a, as a husband and as a father, and then also as a recording artist, it was, it was that time for me. It was a very introspective time, but it felt like the wilderness. And so this idea of wildlings is actually a, if anyone has watched the Game of Thrones, the wildlings were a peculiar people. They were literally the ones who went and lived on the other side of the wall and no one knew too much about them. They just knew that they were afraid of them. But if you've watched the show, and honestly, if you haven't finished it by now, this is this is a spoiler, but it's your fault because it's been done for almost two years now. But <laughs> the Wildlings ended up being the ones that played a major role in the quote-unquote salvation of the people in this story. They were the underdogs. They were the gritty ones. They were the ones that no one expected to be anything of, to be people of honor, to be people of valor in any way, shape, or form. And I felt like that in, in a lot of ways. I felt like this, this underdog. You know, I, I, I kind of felt in, in certain ways overlooked for a variety of reasons. But what the Lord really showed me through the creation of this project was that so every song has a, a collaborative artist that I have on there. One, there's at least one on every on every song. But the Lord showed me through meeting these random people that I never would have expected um, what He was trying to teach me. Different things about the what what I really what really would end up carrying my family, carrying us through the pandemic. And and obviously there was amazing other situations like my church and my my pastors and those kinds of things. But mm -hmm. there were individual people that I met along the way that, you know, I ended up collaborating with, but I could like, I could pinpoint specific stories which eat, with each and every one of them that really blessed my soul one way or another. And it was just cool. So this idea of scribing the wildlings, is just like, man, me and the people you did not expect. Me and the people that in their own right felt overlooked and underappreciated. And, uh, but all of them yeah. uh, are phenomenal artists. Yeah. You know, uh, it, 
one thing that you said just now that really stood out to me is the idea that, you know, like as you were working on this um, project, you know, God showed you certain things. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a, something of a musician myself. And so what I find is that as I am working through, like if I'm writing a piece of music or something like that, when you get to a certain point it, it's almost like the music or whatever a creative piece that you're working on actually has something to say to you. Like you, you're you're not just creating this thing; you're also, in a sense, being created by the very thing that you're created. I don't know if that sounds a little weird, but it it, it gets to the point where, as you're writing a song, for example, it you're being spoken to by the thing. It's almost like, you know, when a preacher preaches, often we say yeah. that, you know, we're preaching, the preacher's preaching to himself. And I think anybody yeah. who preached knows exactly what that means. Yeah, um, 100%. It almost feels like that. Is, that. is that what you felt? Yeah, like it was, throughout the whole process, there were just different things that I was learning that I guess in the moment I could be honest in saying, I didn't think I even had to learn, you know, that I didn't, it wasn't like I went into the pandemic initially with like, okay, God, reveal to me who I am. God, like, like, like speak <laughs> to my soul, Lord. At first, it was really just like, all right, when's this thing over? You're talking about the pandemic. Yeah, talking about the, talking about the pandemic, right? But then as I started trying to create music during this season, as I started trying to figure out, man, how am I going to, who am I as an artist? Mm -hmm. I started realizing that, I had put way too much value in who I was as an artist and not enough mm -hmm. in who God saw me as first and foremost as a son, as a, and then everything else that comes with that. There are a lot of things that, and even in doing this project, even the process of some of these songs, like some of these songs are, I mean, they're three years old, right? The process that I had to go through, this, this is where like really was a wilderness. And this is why like, mm -hmm. You look at Exodus, and then you look at the contrast to that with, with Jesus in the wilderness. There's two key things that you need to remember is that Jesus, it says right in Matthew 4, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the mm -hmm. same thing with the Israelites. The Israelites were led by God into the wilderness because there was this renewing, this refining that needed to happen to establish what God was going to do through Jesus, the establishing yeah. of the kingdom um, and his authority on earth for the Israelites. Very much the same thing, the establishing of a, of a physical kingdom, establishing God's people for them to know truly who, who they are, right? But the process for them to go through that was, would have been excruciating. I mean, fasting mm -hmm. for 40 days right? yeah. or traveling in the wilderness for just over 400 years, that's yeah. not an easy process, but God led you there. Yeah, let, let's uh, park there just for a minute because... For a lot of Christians, you know, we can easily miss that, that there mm -hmm. is this connection between the Exodus event and mm -hmm. all the way through to Israel being led into the wilderness and Jesus getting baptized and then going into the wilderness. So in the Bible, we often think of prophecy as thus saith the Lord. And mm -hmm. that is absolutely true, and you you see lots of prophets in the Old Testament do that, like Jeremiah and Isaiah. They they continue to give warnings. Listen, if you don't come back to 
you know, keep the covenant that you made with God, you know, you're going to fall on really hard times. You're going to yeah. be destroyed, you know, those kinds of things. So there is that kind of spoken prophecy. But then there's this thing called type, which is, in a sense, an unspoken prophecy. So yeah. you see something, for example, in the Old Testament that's set up that you see gets fulfilled in the New Testament. That's right. And so this is what you see with uh, the Exodus event. So you have the people of God being rescued by God, and then they go into, you know, they they cross the Red Sea, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, or the Sea of Reeds. So they go into the water, they come out, and then, you know, of course, Israel fails in many yeah. ways, you know, with the golden calf, you know, they fall into idolatry and things like that. And so then they are taken into the wilderness and the old generation dies and the new generation rises up that are mm-hmm. actually very willing to obey. And that's when they actually get to enter into the promised land. That's right. But if you actually listen to, like, read about this new generation of people, they're actually very quick to obey God. And that's yeah. what really stands out, right? Yeah. And then there's Jesus who fulfills this type, right? But of course, there is that contrast that you mentioned. Tell us a little bit more about that contrast. Yeah. Well, when if you look at Exodus 16, like this is... So they've been established in the wilderness by this point. You know, the Israelites, they, they've crossed the Red Sea. Um, they've sung songs of deliverance, as it, like in, in Exodus 15. You know, there is this worship, um, worshipful moment and attitude that happens. But then you turn the page to Exodus 16, and what's one of the first things that they do? They start complaining. Mm. Immediately start complaining about, what are we going to eat? You've brought us out here to starve. You saved us from, it was better for us to be back there because at least maybe we're in bondage, but I could at least have a steak at night or whatever it was. And it's just this crazy, crazy turn of events that happens so quickly. Now, timeline, don't think of it as the next day, okay? Don't think of it as like maybe the next day. But at the same time, if we're being fully honest, sometimes this is how we are with God. We have an amazing encounter with, with God. And then the next day something happens and we're right back to complaining and completely forgetting what he said. So the turn of a page could have been the next day. Yeah, right. You see what God does. You see that he doesn't even pay necessarily attention to their complaining. He's like, all right, Moses, Aaron, come here. Going to pull you guys aside. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to rain down this cool thing called manna. It's going to taste like honey and wafers. Not like the terrible communion wafers you guys are going to have about 200 or whatever <laughs> years from now. Uh, this is going to actually taste good, and you're going to have that. But I'm going to give them what they need for today. You don't need to store up any more. And here's the other cool thing. Because I'm God, even those that only get less will have more than enough. And those that have more than enough won't go to waste, because that's just how I operate. So you see this, this incredible moment where God is just providing needs for those that are even complaining. But if you continue to read in Exodus, you see that there's these frequent moments where the Israelites are just, they just forget God. And, and, the, and the problem with that is their familiarity with him, right? We got to remember there's a pillar of fire and a cloud by day. They have something physical in the sky to follow. And I can imagine sometimes people looking up there just like, what do you think he's doing in there? He's just sitting there because he's always there, right? <laughs> What's he doing? And, and so you see them go through this wrestle where God eventually, you know, has to give them, you know, gives them the commandments, a way of living, a way of understanding. 
and as you you know you work your way to Deuteronomy and a lot of those things come 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 to life right through Exodus to Deuteronomy you're just seeing the Israelites go through these challenges and God having to not having to but God showing himself strong repeatedly but not without punishment but then you contrast that mm-hmm. with Jesus so the Israelites they end up having to wander for about four, you know from their from captivity to wandering it's about 400 and something years but then you see Jesus in the wilderness, again, led by God, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, specifically to be tempted by the devil. I like to think of it like this, specifically to be proven that he is who God says he is. And sometimes I think in our lives, we got, we need to really allow God to put us through something so he can prove who God, prove one, who God is, but also that we are who he says we are, that we are sons, yeah. that we are daughters, and we have an authority. And so you see Jesus' response to all the devil's temptations. What does he come for? He comes for power, he comes for provision, and he comes for protection. He, like Jesus' perception of those things. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, all of Jesus' response are the same things God told the Israelites. Yeah. So in, in that way, Jesus actually establishes himself as the true Israel, right? So he yeah. succeeds where Israel has failed. Because, I mean, the very first thing, I, it really stood out to me that you mentioned your identity in all of this. As you're coming through this pandemic season, mm-hmm. you're you're questioning your identity as the father, as a husband, as a you know, recording artist. And, and it, interestingly, the temptation in the wilderness for Jesus was really establishing who Jesus is. Yeah. And in fact, that's how the the devil comes to him, right? And he says, if you really are the son of God, that's how he starts. If you really yeah. are the son of God. Yeah. And the what what the devil wants is I, I want you to establish your identity in this way. Yeah. Turn these stones to bread. Yep. And where Israel has failed in not trusting in God and continuing to grumble about food and water, Jesus says, you know, no, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that... And so he fulfills that. He succeeds where Israel fails. And of course, you know the story of the golden calf and idolatry, right? Yeah. And Satan's like, hey, listen, look at all these kingdoms. I can give it to you if you'll just fall down and worship me. And Jesus says, no, uh, you will worship uh, the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And so again, Jesus succeeds. And so, in, th- in this really kind of, this really establishes who Jesus actually is. Yeah, and that and that is something that's that is what really wrapped this project together. It was it was both by God showing Himself strong, He showed me who I am. There were some things during during you know the the creating of this album you know, from, from the pandemic to, to even now that I had to really learn, especially when it came to accountability, what it came down to thinking of what God was calling my family to, not just me. Do not forget your family in the pursuit of what God is calling you to, because God will not call just you, isn't calling just you. He is calling your family, right? He, he is calling, you look at the Israelites, he was like, I am calling a generation, you know, I have let you go so that you can worship me, not just so that you can be great, not just so that you can feel confident in yourself, but you are freed so that you could worship me, that we could have communion. And 
I had to really learn, uh, being being fully vulnerable, I had to learn that, man, you're not all that in a bag of chips, man. Like, God, <laughs> God has, as much as I know the Lord loves him some me, there's that, that, there was that whole other side of it that was like, man, it's so much bigger than you. All these things that I was worried about, it's like, seek first the kingdom and all this will be added, right? Mm. That's why I started with this idea of welcome to the wild. Like, if you were, if you listen to it, it sounds and and when I was sitting with my 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 friend Noel who helped me engineer, when I was sitting with him, I we were talking. I'm like, man, I want this to feel like you are being ushered in. You know, the best way to describe it is if you were walking into the kingdom of Wakanda, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted it to feel like you were being ushered in because I think there is a beautiful. Not I think when I look at scripture, I see a beautiful opportunity in the wilderness when you know the Lord has led you there. Mm-hmm. The Lord led people who know him and mm-hmm. people who he needed to make himself known into this wilderness. I do believe there are people who don't know Jesus, who aren't living for him, that are absolutely wandering, 100%. But this is speaking to the believer, the Christian, who's like, God, I know you're real. I know you're up there, but I just, I feel lost. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Where am I supposed to go? When I know God has led me to this place of the unknowing, that mean, that must mean God has me exactly where he needs me. Yeah. He's, I'm right where he needs to be so he can not only represent himself to me, but he can also establish who he is calling me to be and for whom he is calling me to be. You know, that's such an important point that you're bringing up because often Christians, myself included, we tend to think that when we're suffering, somehow something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, necessarily something is wrong. Uh, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the case. Yeah, when you're suffering, that could be a symptom of something going wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're suffering, it could be a sign that God is refining you. Yep. Right. Just as uh, God uh, led Israel through the forty years of wandering in the desert, and then when the new generation rose up, Israel was a very different group of people. Yeah, uh, And Jesus gets baptized and he goes into the wilderness. When he comes back, he that's when he starts his ministry. Yeah. You know, and so um, I, I think that's something we need to think about. When we're suffering, it, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. It doesn't mean, it, it just, in fact, if anything, God is I know this is, I have to be careful how I say this because I can easily go into heresy here, but I want to say that God is even more present in your yeah. life, right? So, what I mean by that is God is really intentionally doing something with you through that wilderness experience. Uh, you, you know, I, I find this really interesting that we're talking about this, about the 40 years of wandering in the desert, uh, which is actually fulfilled in Jesus's 40 days. In the wilderness. Yeah. Guess what today is? As we're recording this, it's Ash Wednesday, which starts the season of Lent, which we, you know, during which we actually remember Jesus's suffering, his temptation in the wilderness for 40 days leading up to Easter. And so I find, I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, this could be coincidence, but this is one heck of a coincidence, right? That we're talking about this today. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, Whoa. right? Whoa. Whoa. That is 
Man, that smells like God to me. I like God. He's real. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool. Man, that is so, that's that's such a good point, Steve. And that, and even that, wow, that just racked my brain. Uh, that that yeah. took me out for a moment. Almost had to put on some shout music and <laughs> have a moment, but. <laughs> put it in, put it in. <laughs> do, 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 do. Anyways, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I love, you know, just how, how God has been really taking me on this journey because I've been just hearing how it's been blessing a lot of people. But the beautiful thing about it was it, it, it had to get to me first. You know, like when I think about this season of the wilderness that I really went through, it was on a lot of levels. Like I had a lot of hard conversations with my pastor, you know, um, because that is the, you know, that is the, you know, our, our spiritual parents, right, that we have uh, that are really walking with our family. And so there was this, there were just different times, man, where we're like, man, I don't know what's going on. And I, and so I had to have a place where I could have tough conversations, but also be challenged, right? Like that's the point of accountability is having someone who can be like, uh, respectfully, you're tripping or respectfully, you're only thinking about yourself. Uh, <laughs> and these were really, really, you know, some really raw, vulnerable moments. And I'm just so grateful that I had a place that I had a space to, you know, to be kind of vulnerable because, you know, I, I, I jump ahead to Numbers 14 where you see the Israelites, man, they, this is where it gets canceled for them, right? Where they were at the gates of the promised land, you know, like they are at the gates, but someone comes back and says, oh man, there's giants in the land. It's like, you've come out of the wilderness. This is the most vulnerable state for a believer. And the, why the importance of testimony ha- can't be can't be understated or can't be overstated, whatever it is. <laughs> testimony is so important when you've come out of a wilderness season, because there are generations of people that are that you're with right now in this moment. There are people that you're surrounded by that have have watched you walk through the wilderness or have walked through this wilderness alongside of you, and if you forget what God has done in your own mind and in your own heart, you go right back to the wilderness. Yeah. Testimony is what carried me through. Testimony mm-hmm. is what is, and it is what, and ultimately testimony is what is keeping me from going backwards and forgetting what yeah. God has done. You know, you really need to learn. We need to really learn to raise an altar to the Lord, you know, and some, for some people that might be just writing down on this date, this is what, this is how God came through. Yeah, I want to pick up on that theme of testimony because it's not even, it, it, biblically speaking, it's not even just the testimonies that are immediately around you, but the testimony is actually supposed to be carried down the generations. And That's one right. thing that I find really interesting in the Old Testament and the New is the emphasis that is put on remembrance. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, think about the uh, the Exodus, the Passover. God actually gives instructions for the Israelite people to carry on that story, the testimony of how God has rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt. Jesus, the Passover lamb, instructs his disciples, right, as he is having the last supper with them and, you know, do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. Uh, as Israel is crossing the Jordan just as they crossed over the Red Sea, as, as they're crossing over the Jordan to enter into the promised land. One of the things that they do is actually they grab 
stones to make piles, right? right? right. As a reminder of what God has done. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to not only have that testimony around you, but then you got to find a way to somehow carry that on in your life, I think. Um, And so, yeah, because I mean, testimony, you can hear it, but then you forget it, right? Because that that's what we see actually Israel do over and over again is they forget what God has done for them and they keep chasing after other gods and they get in trouble because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, I yeah. I just I'm just so grateful to be able to try and convey uh to be able to use art to really make scripture come alive for some people, you know, scripture is alive all its own, but sometimes, you know, the, the Lord in his graciousness, he'll allow us to use music, right? The Psalms were, you know, to the leader of music, like these songs were, they were meant, they were really meant to be sung, a lot of them, because it helps you remember, right? We do this with our children. We, we, A, B, C, you know, it, song helps us remember and this this album for me, this EP, really is the setting of stones up for the next generation so that people can, if they play this project, if they hear about the testimony of, of it and why I, why I chose to do it or why the Lord led me to do it, however you want to look at it, I really hope that people see this as that reminder of like, man, God led us through the wilderness. You know, this is a marker for the time timeline for many of us that were in for people that were in the pandemic like let's just call it what it is this project isn't about the pandemic it had more to do with a spiritual wilderness but that spiritual wilderness was exposed in the pandemic for at least myself and and I know for countless others churches were closing pastors were walking away leaders were you know more comfortable just being at home the church really got you know, the church was called non-essential. You know what I mean? We were really called to the cloth as as people in a lot of ways. And I and I and I just sort of see God sitting back there like, yeah, it's okay. We've been here before. You know, we've we've been here before. Hopefully you'll open up the word and you'll see what I what I had to do then as well. You know, what I got to do then. Yeah. In all of what you're saying, there is this underlying theme of trust. Yeah. Trust in God. I am reminded of the fact that, you know, one of the most favorite stories of the Bible is when Israel actually crosses over the Jordan. And one of the things that they do is they camp in Gilgal. And right there, God says, okay, all of you men get circumcised. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, listen, here is a, a, a... just kind of ragtag group of people that came out of <laughs> Egypt. You know, there's a brand new generation that just came out of this wilderness. So it's not like there are this military superpower. They are, so to speak, they're facing the giants in the promised land. And Gilgal is like just over yonder from Jericho. You know, that famous story of the walls of Jericho coming down, right? And what does God tell them to do? Okay, men, you guys get circumcised. I'm sure there there are people who have been circumcised as adults. They can all tell you 
when you get circumcised, you're out of commission for like over a week. So yeah. this is a really yeah. vulnerable thing. But Israel actually obeyed God, circumcised themselves, and they were all in pain, but trusting that God is going to protect them, even though the enemies were just over there. Yeah. Right? That's, and another, so, that's so gangster, uh, yeah. man. Like that's <laughs> like, he's like, no, you're gonna be out of commission, be able to see the ones that want to get you on the other side, not able to get you because I'm God. Yeah. And I'm like that. <laughs> and you know, one key aspect of trust too is that there is an end to this. Yeah. Right. And and it's not like they're going to perpetually stay in that state, or it's not like they're going to get trapped in the wilderness forever. Jesus wasn't that Jesus didn't just die in the wilderness. In, in fact, that's where he was ref, um I don't want to say refined, but that that's how he was empowered by the Holy Spirit now to start his ministry, right? And so uh, one thing that really stood out cuz if you just read the titles of all of the tracks in your EP, there is a certain flow to it. And it struck me in the very first song, you say, I don't believe in fairy tales, but I do believe in happy endings. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through it, the last song is Eden. I'm looking I'm looking for Eden, yeah. everything, right? And so yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming that was very intentional on your very. part. Is that right? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, the way I created those two songs even is the 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 start of welcome to the wild when you hear the birds come in is actually the end of eden so it's this idea mm-hmm. that you know you might go through different moments in your life where it feels somewhat like a cycle but the bible also reminds us there's nothing new under the sun we've been here before mm-hmm. so sometimes it's not a matter of like oh god do a new thing yes he is doing a new thing behold i am making all things new right but he's given us his word And so whenever I go through this season of feeling lost, I can just go right back to, okay, Lord, where are you leading me? You listen to Welcome to the Wild, where it's, I recreated a a song called Wait on You by Maverick City. And so I I restructured it, changed a lot of the lyrics, because I wanted us to understand that you can go from this, you can wait on the Lord while walking with the Lord. I I, like, I could lay out every, every track with very intentional titling, very intentional, uh, even sonically. Track four is called Show and Tell. So you've gone from that this place was, of... I have to say that was my favorite. That that's was your favorite one? Right okay. there, yeah. Why was it your favorite? Um, I, I think there is a certain levity to it that, that I didn't find in other... Like just right away as you're coming up, coming in with the guitar and, and, and whatnot, there is a certain... It, it feels a little lighter. Yep. Uh, it feels a little... Uh, I, I, I hesitate to use the word happier. No, that's fine. But it feels like it, it feels like I am moving forward. Yes, you know that was that was the sense that I got, and, and so that was I really liked that. Good, because that was it again. Placed it in the middle of the album as a pickup. Because again, you think about a person who is wandering; those first couple days can be like draining, and like, man, I don't know, I don't know. And then God, in His like in His graciousness, is gonna hey, oh, let me show you something real cool. Let me show you something to keep you going. The goal is Eden. The goal is to get to oneness with the Father. The goal is um, relationship with Him. And that is ultimately mm-hmm. what I want people to get from this project, that your wilderness season is a season. It doesn't. It, it's not intended to be forever, but it's solely dependent on 
you communing with God and knowing, one, he has led me here, so he's going to keep me for as long as he needs me so that he can establish what he needs to establish in my heart and in, and in my life. And so that's scribing the wildlings, essentially. Dude, that'll preach. Yeah. That will preach. Uh, so uh, when is this going to be released and where can our viewers and listeners actually listen to this EP? So at the time of this recording, we are two days away from it releasing. It is coming out Friday, February 24th, and you will be able to get it on all streaming platforms. You'll be able to purchase it on iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere that you can purchase music online. I'm toying with making physical copies. I don't know. It's expensive, <laughs> and people don't always appreciate physical copies for the amount that you're paying for them. So we will see. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it'll be available everywhere on Friday. And then the cool thing is Saturday at 5 p.m. PST, I'll be releasing the, the music video for the intro song <gasps> on my YouTube. Dude. So yeah, I'm, re I'm really, really excited. And again, I, I, as much as I'm part of AC, some people might think, well, of course they'd let you talk about your music. Well, Honestly, I was, you know, talking with Andy. Andy was like, no, man, you need to sh talk about your music on the show. You need to share it with people because there's a lot of Christian families who have kids who love your your style um, of music, but they have to listen to stuff in the world or they feel like they need to because there mm -hmm. isn't a, an option. And, and so for any of you parents out there, or any listeners out there who, who love hip hop, I love hip hop too. Um, but this, this music is an act of worship. It is music that you can put on. And it's not the corny version. It is, it is, it is I, I will say from my own mouth that it is, it is made with intentionality. It is made with mm -hmm. the best that I can possibly give and put out. But ultimately, it is God-honoring. You can play it anywhere. You can share it with anyone. Yeah. You know, these, that's so important what you're saying. Actually, Andy encouraged you to yeah. talk about this. Uh, yeah. In fact, Troy wasn't sure about talking about this on the podcast, but Andy really, especially Andy, really encouraged him to do this. Yeah. And I think in our day and age, when we think, okay, we just we can pick whatever song and we can give it whatever meaning that we want, I think it's really important that you hear from the author of these things who actually has the authority over the songs, <laughs> what, what you did these <laughs> songs actually mean, right? The objective yeah. intended meaning of these songs. Because what I find is often when I listen to songs and, you know, like I, I don't really fall in love with the songs until I know what the author actually meant yeah. by these songs. I, I don't care what, whatever meaning I give to it. I want to know what, the guy meant or what the gal meant by these songs. So I think yeah. it was really important that we talked about this today. And there is a, it, it is saturated with very important biblical themes. So guys, check this out on all your major streaming platforms. Scribe in the Wildlings. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out soon. By the time you're listening to this, it is out. Go check it out right now. You know, normally Troy wraps this up, <laughs> but this week I will do it. Okay. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another edition of the AC Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check us out on all of our platforms, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be. Go to ApologeticsCanada.com. In the meantime, you know the drill. We'll come back next week with more stuff to think about. 
Until then, love God, love people. Goodbye for now. It's the A.